Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 9th of August, and I found out I could be, like, my head could be heavy, and I could wake up, and the minute I say good morning, everybody, something in me just totally wakes up. It's so funny, because normally, you know, and I still wake up early, but for some reason today, I was at um, the hospital yesterday for most of the day with someone, and when you're in a hospital, it's like there's no window, like you don't see outside. You don't know what the weather is. You don't have reception on your phone. You're, you know, sitting there hoping for the best, and it it was, thank God. And we're just, you know, out of the loop. I couldn't remember what day it was when I left, so it's kind of crazy. However, we're here. I love Fridays, and I got a ton of questions. So I'm going to start. I have this question, and it said, um, love the show today, which was a few days ago. I think you got a hint of one of my relatives. She just did something, and I know she's just angry at the world. Sorry, my question is, by running and not walking away, are we leaving the toxic people behind? I get this question a lot. Like, well, if you're a, and they fill in the blank with who they think I am or what I think I am or what they think I think I am or whatever it is, how could you leave anyone behind? And I'm like, I can't take care of every single person. I can tell people what I know, but I can't, you know, with that saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. People can hear things all day long, but what they do is who we really are. What I do is who I am. What you do is who you are. So if somebody is being really toxic and that affects you, what what Christ said was run, don't walk away. Now, is it your job to fix them? You probably aren't qualified. But God doesn't leave anyone behind. We as people do not have endless knowledge, nor do we have that kind of power that we know of where we can fix somebody to our liking. That's why I was told, run, don't walk away. Because to you, it may be a huge problem and it may suck the life out of you and you cannot make anybody do anything. So when something is not right around you, it's our job to know enough when to go. It's not like how many times have there been people who may have hurt you in life? You may have hurt each other. And you're no longer together for whatever reason. You don't see each other. You don't live in the same state. You don't do any of that. And then you run into them later in life. You run into them. And they're doing great. And you think, go figure. 
how did that person become this person? Well, they grew. And your part with them grew them in one way or another, but they needed other parts. So it was left to other people to chisel. And and depending on the closeness, depending on the relationships, our relationships are for our evolvement. Over and over again, I say that when we're done learning, what happens? We evolve out of or away from where we are, whether it's a job, a person. If somebody isn't in your life today, and I know this beyond doubt at this point because there's people I love so much and I want to see, and sometimes even on my way to see them, I can't, something happens and I can't get there. And when it happens over and over again, I think, oh, wow, am I supposed to be there? Because I obviously am making an effort and still I can't get there. Does it mean they're bad or they're toxic? No. So when we have someone that's toxic to us, and maybe to others, but to us, because we're the only ones who can make that decision. There is no soul left behind. Nobody. Even the people we might all agree, this person just did this horrible thing to all these people. God will deal with them. One way or another, they get the attention of God the love of God, and the lessons they need to get away from the hurt that they've either either feel or have done to others. But that is none of our business. If it were, we would have the tools to fix everybody. Instead, we are left with faith, with believing, with reaching out to each other, trying to help each other in the ways that we can. And if that person that helps us or we help, we have a way that we can communicate with them and try to make the best of it. If what happens takes away from us and we are aware of it, because sometimes we're not and we stay until we're really beat up, that's all part of our learning That's why some people can stay in the craziest places. And other people are like, oh, no way, from the get-go. They just know. They've been there. They've done it. They've seen it. Or they can see through it. So all of it goes back to what we know today and how we would deal with that. So I have another question. It's from Maureen Cook. And she says, hello, Nadia. I'm going to ask a question, but I understand as in previous shows, you have said that Christ is not an answering machine. Well, the reason I say that is not because Christ doesn't tell me things, because he tells me a lot of things. But people will stand in front of me or around me and say, literally, what does Christ say right now? Like, literally, they want to ask me a question and they want him to answer right through me. At times can happen 
but I have no control over it. I don't, like, dial in and say, oh, and I feel him now, and this is what he says to you. Not, It's not like that. It's not even like that when I ask a question. So that's why I say that, because realistically, I'm a human being, and I remember I was watching Phenomenon. I don't know if any of you guys saw that movie with John Travolta. And when he got struck by lightning and he knew all this math and all this stuff, the FBI got him, put him in a room, they wanted to pick his brain. And, you know, they they ruined his life trying to get what they needed from him. And, and, you know, that was the movie. But I used to say that because I used to say, wow, can you imagine somebody sitting me down and, and making me answer all these questions? There's some things I specifically do not know because they are to remain like, I want to say, mystery because that's what keeps our interest, one of the things that keeps our interest in God and asking questions. But how to live here in our best life, in our best way, and to get information that's based on truth and love and purity Because Christ is love, that's what he does. That's where we're connected. So now it says, um, but but still I wonder if I could ask Christ about his mother Mary. Or has Christ ever mentioned her? I have watched so many videos and testimonials about people seeing her, and her message seems the same mostly. And I found there are a few things that contradict what Christ says in Origins of Truth to me. I just wish I could connect all the dots at times, and then I get frustrated because I cannot. And now I know that I believe you and them, so I try and let go. At the end of the day, I know how much your insights have given me understanding and thus more caring, compassionate relationships. Also, on page 317, Origins of Truth, about halfway down the page, it says, Nadia, there are other spirits, too. There is a Jesus. However, there is not in all spirits the knowing of all things. I I explained this to you prior. When he said that to me, that was pretty close in my first knowing, he let me know that there were other prophets, there were other Um, you know, different kinds. There's angels that come here, and sometimes you see them, you turn around, this person is literally gone when we're in a trauma situation, sometimes even when we're not, when we're in a happy situation. And you you wonder if you saw it or not, or if you actually saw that person or not. It's, It's actually kind of, you know, pretty crazy, but there is, I want to say like, um, always a commingling of home and earth because we are so veiled while we are here we cannot see home but home can see us however when you see an angel it is that it is not that the angels are wrong it is the points of evolution as in humans however those angels have to speak to audiences of what they can receive 
So let's say you're by yourself and you're really upset and you see an angel, like an actual angel. You, you, you don't see, but you hear or you feel or you do see a flicker in the room. Or you're in a car accident and somebody comes up to you out of nowhere, literally helps you, you turn around to thank them, and you wonder if you actually saw them because they're gone. It will be what you need in that moment to your level of understanding. God does not put in front of us what we can't receive, because what's the point of putting it in front of us if we can't receive it? But if we need it, and it comes to us. One of the best examples I have was in a um, video that I saw that I rented back when we rented videos called Life After Life. And there was a woman in that video who tried to kill herself. When she was in the process of doing so, because she lived to tell about it, she said there was, she, she saw and said there was an angel sitting in a chair in the corner of a room the whole time. This was before I saw Christ. And the first thing I thought, not knowing what I know now, was why didn't the angel help her? Why did she let her kill herself? Because we view that as something very sad Um, very hurtful from a person to themselves. And it horrifies us to think of it because nobody wants to kill themselves. So to actually do that or try to do that, it's a sad statement that, one, you didn't have the tools to take care of yourself, nor did you find them, and you gave up. You gave up on life, and it's hard to see or witness, even for yourself. So what happened? The woman was being driven to the hospital and she was floating over the ambulance watching herself get taken to the hospital. So she was able to articulate what she saw, but it was all for just what she could receive at that time. It was never about, and I really think about this because until I saw Christ, I never thought about it. She never thought about the fact that she just tried to kill herself, or why. None of that was in her conversation. All of a sudden, it shifted from, I'm trying to kill myself because I, I, I don't know what to do with the life I've been, I've chosen and, and been given at the same time, and I want to go. It shifted from her wanting to kill herself to seeing an angel in the corner and watching and being fascinated by being in the world that actually exists around us that we cannot see. She only got what she can receive at that time. It's not that angels are wrong, but what you need in your time, what you need to know or to see to your level of understanding may seem, in quotes, wrong to someone else, but it will be what you need at that time. She wasn't being comforted for killing herself or trying to. And it wasn't because she didn't 
deserve comfort. She wasn't even looking for it. So just to, you know, I don't know the videos you've seen. I don't remember much about Mary, especially right now. Um, I don't remember much about that. I was not given specific. I, I did get some information, especially for myself to understand what was happening to me about Christ when he was younger, about other prophets. I've, I've heard other ones, like literally heard them um, through the same angels that there's one angel, Gabriel, that's a messenger angel, and I, I heard and I want to say her or him because I couldn't I couldn't put a gender on the voice I heard. Just very gentle, very soft, but strong. And it says, so I'm hoping you can expand on that or remember what Christ was talking about when he said he explained this to you prior, meaning that he is not the only one who crosses over. I mean, I've had, I had Christ, I had um, Raphael, who, when I write, comes through. I saw Michael, who is a force to be reckoned with. And I never read about them in the Bible or in any books. I, I met, I know them. It's, it's just so weird to me because had I read the Bible, I would have known who I was seeing, but I didn't. And now people tell me, you should read the Bible. Oh, my God, what you say is in there. You do and, and they're going on and on. And I said, you know what? When I talk to Jewish people, I say things that they're learning. And when I talk to Arabic people, I say things they're learning. And there may be one or two things that contradict, which is why their religion is their religion. And I just have to say, I don't know that, and honestly, I don't want to because what I do know allows me to love you and not separate myself from you, not make me into a corner over here. But Christ is the angel of love. There is like Michael who's just disciplined. And I don't talk too much about the angels. I don't talk too much about the history. One, because I don't know that much about the history. I'm My job is today and here and now, although I had those questions then, the few questions that I did know. So when I was told, you know, there, not everyone knows everything, because we all, just like humans. We we are aware of everything. We are aware there's knowledge everywhere, but we're really good at whatever our job is. And if you want to get it in its purest form, that's how animals are. There's certain animals that come and they only know love or they only know how to make you feel better, or like loyalty, like the way dogs are loyal. They find their owners and you know, that's their big thing. That's how they're hardwired. And other animals want to eat other animals over and over again. And, and others hurt us. And everyone has their job, even though they exist in everything. But that's to the extreme. 
and we have accommodations, we can learn, we can study, we can research, we can do those things as human beings because of the level of our intellect and our questions. And yet we can be easily controlled, done right. And we've seen that in our history and in our world. So these things are, I, I, I want to say, not as big as what they're being looked at. And it's not about believing me and them or me or them. It's more about trusting when you hear a truth. And I don't know what to say for Mary or people who Mary speaks through. I mean, I can get on the Internet and find so many things that people want to know or hear and somebody saying it. But I do know about truth and love and purity, and I do know about the, the power of those things over and over again in our lives because my job is to bridge people's souls back to them. And if that has happened, I have done my job in, in, in a way, in that way. So there's another question. It says, hello again, I have another question. In Origins of Truth, page 319, it says, God does not abandon nor does God dictate. God is love. And he will be, become what a soul perceives him to be. We say him to give a humanness of relation to God. However, God is love and love is genderless. End of the book quote. My question is, how does God become what a soul perceives him to be? Why would God do that? I do not understand why God would change. Or am I misunderstanding this quote? And maybe Christ is trying to say that we only perceive God as we want to believe him to be. Thanks again. I really hope you have time to answer these. So now we're talking about God is love and God is genderless. How does God become what a soul perceives him to be? God will be whatever you think he is. If you think God is bad, what happens? You build an argument for God being bad. Does God have anything to do with that? No. God is love. But he will become whatever you perceive him to be. It's not God that's changing. It's us that view changes about God along the way. Think about it. There's people who don't believe in God, so now there is no God. But the minute that person believes in God, now there is a God. And now they feel like they have proof and they've, you know, found the reason and, and why they didn't believe. Or maybe they were mad at God because they didn't get what they want from God. So it's just amazing how many different pictures of God there are to people. Now we have religions that focus on God and they turn him into what they want him to be. He's a God that doesn't want sinners or he's a God that is angry at us or he's a God that's going to put us in hell or he's a God that would never put us in hell. And so we're the ones who change the perception of God. God himself is love and God himself is genderless. So when we say him to give him a humanness, it's because we are reducing his role to what we need him to be. We're taking God and turning him into 
a narrow road of what we need to see, what we need to believe God is and why we need to believe him to be that. It's it's interesting, but it's actually that simple. God is whatever you think he is. Before I saw Christ, I talked to a God that had the potential of burning me. And I was quite invested in hell because I was taught to be invested in not going to hell. After I saw Christ, what happened? I knew God would not burn me. Now, my what I turned God into went away. Because now I had knowledge that changed my thoughts of who and what God is. Think about that. So it's not about God changing. And I hope that answers your question because it's, you know, maddening when we are in a place that we're not sure about what we know. But if you really think about the question you're asking, it's a great question. Because it's easy to say, oh, so God's a chameleon? Nope. We're the chameleon. God God knows his stuff. I was in front of him. I saw him. Had I not, I would still even think of God as a reflection of us or us as a reflection of him. But when I saw him, all I saw was a wall of light and big light and just pure intellect. And when you say all-knowing, it's not scary. It's comforting. You want someone or something to know every single thing about you. And boy, does that happen when you're in front of God. And it's all understood. It's all understood. So I had another question, and probably I need 10 shows to answer it. A man named Sherdell Khan asks, what is real love? All I know about real love, because we can answer the question of love forever and ever and ever. I could go on for probably till I die myself. But it's something we feel. And we breathe it in and it becomes us when it's real. Even if it may be hurtful and real, like we have parents and we don't maybe like the way our parents treated us, but we understand that they love us no matter what. And we love them at the end of the day, no matter what, even if we don't like what they have done. The reason I go back to parents, because the love of a parent to a child and the love of a child to a parent is understood by everybody because everybody was born and everybody at some point had someone who raised them. And that kind of love, for the most part, when it's absent, creates
creates a huge, horrific outcome for the most part of anger in the people who did not receive that kind of love. But also the reason why I go back to that is it's the best way I could ever answer that question because it is the purest love. It doesn't feel like you can make it go away or not. You, you have to deal with it and grow into its understanding. Because romantic love, you know, you think, well, that relationship ended. That was love. Yes, it was. And it was also real love. But it's hard to understand that because the relationship itself ended. So now we we get mad at it and we come up with reasons for it because we don't understand yet the the evolution that we need to go through through them. Instead of being thankful, we get angry. So that's a whole other topic. And let's take that step further if you've ever had a child you start to understand real love, pure love. And when you can take that kind of love and feel it for another human being that is not family, that kind of caring, that kind of permanence that you may feel of feeling, not of what you need that person to do for you, but of feeling, that's the closest way I can explain to you to understand what that means. So many people try to understand it. And when I read the definitions, I think, oh, we've just narrowed the depth of love. So, Leah, you were right. It is a massive question. But it's one of those questions that I can try to describe to you. You guys, I only have like seven seconds left. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. I hope I answered your questions. Take care, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.